Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Listen to These Nerds. Tonight, we are going to be playing more Mythos Unit, and I, Chris, am going to be running the game. As for our players tonight, starting at the top of the channel and going downwards, we have... Uh, hello, I'm Harry. I'll be playing Franklin Blackmore. Hi, I'm Joe, and I'm going to be playing Quincy Adams. I'm John. I am going to be playing Tony. And I'm Jonathan, and I'll be playing Adam Lavender. Okay, awesome. So, last time we left off, I believe that uh, the already chaotic situation with the third blackout was getting even worse as you guys dealt with a simultaneous situation because the McCarthy family was attacking Midtown, and at the same time, the Smiley Face Killer and his minions were attacking Scotland Yard. So, thanks to all your efforts, you were able to drive off your attackers, but... You're not really sure, in the case of the Smiley Face Killer, if you drove him off or if he just chose to leave. But either way, um, it was a hard fight for everybody involved. And at the end of things, uh, Scotland Yard is in complete and total pandemonium with a ton of people being injured and or killed. And at um, Myth Town, a bunch of members of the town guard have been injured and... After some sort of gigantic battle in the sky between two figures, um, it looks as though Quincy and Tony went into the middle of Mythtown to find that Exatrius, the Avatar of Balance, who is the most powerful figure on the Mythtown Council, is lying injured and unconscious in a crater in the middle of the town square. And that is where we're going to pick up once again. So... Tony and Quincy, after running from the scene of the battle outside Mythtown, you have come into Town Square where all of the myths are gathered around the crater where Exatrius is lying completely unconscious in the middle. Um, everybody looks panicked. They're talking amongst themselves. There is just dismay and definitely a sense of terror in the air because you don't know who it was that was able to do this to Exatrius, but whoever it was would have had to have been powerful indeed and... um okay uh i will get jump into the crater and motion okay for tony to follow me um how big is exatrius um exatrius is pretty tall like about um eight feet tall a very willowy robe bound figure robes uh, like going down to conceal his face and right. as you uh, slowly, like, you know, descend the, the edge, lip of the crater. It's about, like, it's a deep crater, too. Like, maybe about 10 feet deep, 20 feet across. You quickly sort of, uh, you know, um, uh, plant your feet and just uh, sort of slide down into the bowl of the crater where Exatrius is lying and his chest is just dimly rising and falling as labored breathing can be heard underneath his hood. Uh, and, okay, so he's alive, at least. Yeah. Okay. So far um, as an avatar of an abstract concept can be alive. Yeah. And um, and you hear uh, noises from underneath the hood. Just, who's there? <coughs> and um, from underneath the hood, suddenly there are drops of fluid that come out that are shining almost silver, uh, like liquid moonlight in the air for a moment. Uh, okay, well... Um, I'm gonna. I don't know what his guy, this guy's physiology is, and I assume yeah. I wouldn't have any idea, even close to what it is. But uh -huh. 
uh, can I at least approximate, like, what kind of check would that be to, like, um, how fucked up is he? Like, how much fluid is there, does there seem to be missing from his body? If you've got the, yeah, I would say that would be, like, a perception skill or a medicine check or something like that, if you have either of those. <laughs> I've investigate. All right. Sure, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, that is 14. Uh, yeah, he looks pretty badly hurt. Um, not enough to kill him, but enough that you're guessing that if this was a human, they would, like, they'd definitely have yeah, to Yeah, I mean, well, it, this is the equivalent of, like, a person getting hit by a car, right? Pretty much, yeah. Okay, so... And uh, as you are examining him, um, yeah, uh... A light from behind you seems to intensify a bit, and you turn around to see that John has stepped into the crater as well, still uh, glowing, and is slowly walking towards Xatrius. And he kneels behind the other uh, myth and just gently places a hand on his chest. And you hear John, John just say, Shh, it's all right. And the glow from John intensifies, uh as it seems to spread into the other myth, and suddenly there is a almost blinding flash of light before it fades. John is now back to normal, uh, no glowing from him whatsoever. He looks like a mostly normal young boy, and looking down at Xatrius, you see that his breathing is slowly evening out. Um, but uh, he... <coughs> thank, thank you. He doesn't look as though he's fully healed, but he looks better than a moment ago. Uh, okay. Uh... And... I'll look over to John and say, uh, yeah. uh, thank you, John. Uh, uh, it's it's no trouble. And as he's saying this, his eyes are sort of visibly flickering. He looks suddenly extremely exhausted. All right, well, and, I'll, ca I'll catch him as he passes yeah. out. As, um, uh, and I'll mo motion to Tony to uh, come pick up Xatrius. Okay, so, yeah. yeah uh, Tony will go and, like... Yeah. John uh, seems to almost slump forward, but you catch him quickly, Quincy, and he just falls, like, almost immediately to sleep in your arms. Meanwhile, you bend down, uh, Tony, and you scoop up Xatrius in as gentle a carry as you can. He surprisingly doesn't weigh much, despite the fact of how tall he is. But, yeah, um, you can hear noises coming from off the distance, and you just hear, Make way! Make way! And clearing through the crowd is Iris of the town council, the dryad looking down uh, at all of you, and she just uh, pulls in a gasp as Shinji, the QB, who is also a member of the town council, pulls up beside her. The normally dozy-looking uh, myth now on high alert as his eyes are narrowing down at the crater as well, and the both of them just quickly descend to where the both of you are standing. And Iris just looks and... What happened here? Is he all right? Uh, we're unsure. He was injured somehow in a fight. Yes, we saw the battle overhead. My goodness, what could have done this? And you hear more noises as more people are pushing through the crowd. And looking up, you can see Hespero, the captain of the town guard, with several other members of the guard. That They all look injured, and a few of them, like... Uh, are visibly bleeding from various injuries, and a very wary-looking Jack Houston, as well as Connor. The two of them are right by Xatrius, and they're looking down at this as well. And yeah, uh, Hesper, all right, everybody, uh, that's enough. That's enough. Return to your homes for the evening. We're going to figure things out as soon as possible. Thank you for your cooperation. And members of the guard are just trying to shepherd people away from the scene as 
uh, Jack and Connor both leap down into the crater as well, and Jack just, ah, oh, Jesus. Um, how are you both doing? You are on my t- Uh, Tony looks down. I am unharmed. Oh, well, uh, good on you. I mean, that says a lot, mate. Very nice indeed. Uh, jeez. He's not in a good shape, though, is he? He says, looking at Xatrius. And suddenly, uh, nearby, Shinji, the QB, just flicks one of his many tails. And I will take care of this one. And then Xatrius suddenly lifts out of your arms as if with telekinesis, uh, a faint sort of white glow around his frame before both he and uh, Shinji both disappear from sight in the uh, blink of an eye, Quincy and uh, Tony. And Iris, well, he's most likely taking him to town council in order to administer to his wounds and see if he can heal him. But this is very grave tidings indeed. Humans were outside attacking us. Uh, I believe those that was a criminal syndicate, possibly working with the myths that attacked uh, Scotland Yard. Horrible. To think that we are facing days such as this. In that case... And Iris looks visibly... Uh, like, she is doing everything she can to rail her temper in right now, just slowly breathing in and out. And uh, Connor just says, This is not good. Not good at all. If... The McCarthy's are just being as bold as this, then either they were aware of the patterns going on, or maybe they could be working with Miss, but honestly, we don't know right now. Do either of you know anything about what's going on at Scotland Yard? Uh, I could send a bird. All right, I mean, if we could do that, but, and at that, Jack, well, I think we might need to, and as Jack's saying this, suddenly, um, yeah, all, like, Quincy, uh, your phone is ringing. Wait, my phone's ringing? Um, yes, because the lights uh, turned back on shortly oh, yes. as you're going into Midtown. Yes, yes, yes. Um, all right, I will, uh, I will pick up the phone. Okay. Um, it, yeah, you hear the voice of James Hightower on the other end. Uh, Inspector Adams, are you all right? How's everything going on your end? Um, we're fine. Good. Uh, uh there are some issues with the Midtown Council. All right. Is, is, that, is everybody all right? <laughs> he looks around Quin- at, like, Quin- the, the fucking devastation. Quincy, well, talk to me. I, What's going on? I wouldn't say we're all right, but uh, the situation is stable here. All right. Well, come back to Scotland Yard as soon as you are able. There's, it's a bloody bloodbath over here. People are... Some people have been killed. A number of more are injured. We're trying to just administer first aid to the wounded and just get people to the hospital or in bandages as soon as we can. Just come back when you are able. It's 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 madness over here. We'll make our way back now. All right. Godspeed. And uh, the phone uh, hangs up. And, yeah. All right. Um, is Quincy's apartment between Midtown and Scotland Yard? Um, I will say yes. Sure. All right. Um, uh, Quincy's going to go up to Tony. Um... I'd like to drop him off, and I motion to John, who's in my arms. Um, and then I'll head right there. Uh, you can go on ahead if you'd like. Uh, yeah, Tony will actually, like, look to the council and be like, <clears throat> you know, because, like, do they need him here? Okay, uh, Hesperow catches your eye, uh, Tony, and just comes over and puts a hand on your shoulder. Go. Go do what you need to. We'll be okay here. If... We have more than enough people to help us out. You are needed with them. This is your job. 
Understood. Um, yeah, he gives you a nod, and his grip tightens for a moment. Thank you for coming here when we need you most, Tony. Of course. All right. Godspeed. And so with that, the centaur uh, turns back to uh, the rest of the Mythtown Council, and the two of you uh, head out, and yeah, suddenly you hear a voice. It seems as though these are grave tidings indeed, Inspectors. And turning around, you can actually see Silas, uh, the spider uh, myth approaching all of you. Um, hands folded uh, behind his back as he clicks up to you on his metallic legs, a very grim expression on his face. Uh, I understand that you are all very busy in protecting the uh, barrier of Mythtown against a number of humans that wished to penetrate our defenses here. Um, yes. Hello, Silas. Hello. Yes. Are you alright? I'm quite alright. The, the same cannot be said for this group, he gestures behind himself, as I was, as I caught them attempting to break into Mythtown from a secret entrance in the sewers. And as he says this, you look behind him, and there is like, um, it's like a giant ball of metallic webbing in which there are a number of uh, people, all of which seem to be male, all of which um, are dressed in dark clothing and stuff like that. And as you can hear them groaning in uh, just pain and various states of displeasure, it's very obvious that these guys are, you know, injured in a variety of ways, but they're all just kind of bound together in this loose tangle in a ball maybe um uh, 10 feet in diameter um uh, spider-man style all tied up together exactly okay yeah uh, um because he's going to be like slightly surprised but i will send for someone to pick them up that would be appreciated detective uh i'm gonna text hightower the location and say that like uh like likely mccarthy members here bring bolt cutters mm. Nah, you gotta roll them, like, Katamari Damacy style back to Scotland Yard. Except that their heads are on the outside of the ball, so, like, who who wants to be the first one to have their head crushed against the ground? That didn't stop the Prince of All Cosmos. <laughs> okay, uh, so, um, with that, then, uh, yeah, you quickly text High Tower the location, and it looks like you have that set up, and, uh, Silas just regards all of you. I understand that you will be heading... Back to Scotland Yard soon, I suppose. Would you wish for me to accompany you as well? Given events going on, I believe that I may have words for all of you. Uh, Tony's going to say, I thought the agreement was that you would stay in Mythtown. Correct. Uh, however, I suppose that... Correct. I was hoping to speak to the town council about that, but they will most likely insist upon my staying here. However, should you finish your discussions with uh, Creedy and the other soon detectives, you are welcome to come back here. I imagine we may have something to discuss. I, I give him a thumbs up. Okay. <laughs> and then, and, uh, yep. I, like, I like, I make the like, I gotta go motion. Okay, so uh, he nods at that, and then turning around with, uh, holding his wrists out with a... He quickly webs up the guys in the ball even further so that the ball is stuck to the ground, and you can hear more moans of protest from inside as he does so. And with that, the both of you uh, head out of Mythtown, and um, 
actually, uh, Jack Houston and uh, Connor are both going to accompany you as well because they're also, well, they're associated with Scotland Yard, so, you know, they want to get in on whatever is going on back at the precinct. And as you do so, Quincy, you also look at your phone, and it seems as though you have uh, 29 messages from your friend, Disco Pete. Uh, I'm going to queue them up after I put, after John's all squared away. In <laughs> okay, my okay, so um, ev- you guys head out, and you break away at one point so that, Quincy, you can go home, and... Uh, yeah, sure enough, the streets coming up to your house, it looks as though there have been more trouble. Like, you see shattered windows, uh, glass in the street, some cars that have collided with each other. People are, like, just... It basically looks like, you know, after a major event, people are kind of wandering around, frantically texting. People are trying to make phone calls. Everybody just looks in a state of panic and dismay. And you just head up to the front door of your house head inside and you go up to John's room and the kid is out like a light indeed and you quickly uh, tuck him into bed. Yep. And uh, I'm going sure... to tuck him into bed. I'm going to go yep. to the kitchen. I'm going to make mm. a couple peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Sure. Leave a, leave a note for him. Okay. Uh, I'll go I'll go back outside. Um, And you said it was like pandemonium outside? Like um, in, just... in, in what way? Like people are just, um, you know... They look scared. They look panicked. Like, you know, it is the scene after a nat- kind of like a natural disaster almost where nobody is sure what is going on. And they're kind of like just in a state of just general confusion and shock, kind of. Okay, okay. But well, no- well, well, Quincy's going to go and talk to people and help them out before going okay. back to Scotland Yard. Okay, so, um, yeah, you see a couple of your neighbors nearby and they see you and just, Oh, Quincy, um, uh, you all right? Everything going on? Everything Okay. Um, yes, everything's fine. Um, oh, great. We are looking into everything right now. Uh, the best recommendation is stay in your home. All right. Uh, I'm sure that the authorities will put out a statement soon. Okay. Um, God, just... Just stay calm, stay oh, home. What happened? We're, myths were just attacking everything. Do you have any idea? And it um, looks I, as though... We can't make any a formal... Hmm. I can't personally make a formal... Uh, statement, but mm. I just say, wait for it, and we'll say something. Right, right. We'll do that. Stay safe, Quincy. Yep. Um, and uh, so, man, yeah. Man, remember, if there's anything you need, you can text me, and I give them my number. Okay, right. Thank you. Thank you. And so, yeah, they're ju- uh, some of them are just going to head back into their homes, but then, yeah, you continue on to Scotland Yard. Are you going to queue up the messages from Disco P? Uh, sure. On the way, assuming that I don't run into anyone else who needs help, because okay. Quincy's Quincy's priority is, like, if people are in, like, trouble, he's yeah. not going to walk by them. He's going right. to make sure that everyone's okay. Okay, but so, yeah. assuming there isn't anyone that he needs to help, he will yeah. then queue up the, 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 the things from Discord. Yeah, you see a couple people that seem to have, like, maybe a few scratches here and there. Like, one, per- one person, uh, like, a woman is helping another woman get into a car. Uh, like, she is, seems to be bleeding from the arm quite a bit, but she has a dish towel pressed to it, and... Uh, yeah, the other woman hops in the car and they quickly drive off down the street. Okay. But All like right. nobody seems to be in like major distress. Okay, so I will phone in. I will yeah. f- phone into the the uh, Scotland Yard or whatever emergency service is necessary mm. for whatever yeah. thing for anything I see. And then while I'm doing that, like between doing that, I will listen to the message. 
Okay, um, so yeah, you call in and uh, the lines are very, very busy. So while you wait for a call, you begin to pull up the messages. And the first one, uh, yeah, sure enough, Disco Pete comes through on the recording. Hey, man, sorry to trouble you, but something pretty fucking weird just happened. Me and my friends had set up camp with your boy, John, and as we were chilling all around the campfire with some good music playing, suddenly he started glowing, and then he shot off into the sky. At first, we thought nothing of it. We thought it was pretty cool looking. Then we looked into the back of the van, and we realized that we hadn't taken any of the drugs yet. So, <laughs> I don't know where John is, and figured, you know what, ought to know. Call me back, bro. Disco never dies. And then, yeah, you finish that, the next one. Hey, Quince, me again. You know, Disco Pete. Don't know if you got my last <laughs> message. Call me back. Uh, and, yeah. I, I, was, I was expecting the second one to be, Hey, it's Disco Pete. We took all the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we took all the drugs, but your boy hasn't come back, so we're not sure if it's a hallucination or not. Yeah. Like, we get like halfway into the message pile, and he's like, oh, yeah. I, I think I saw him. And then the next one is, oh, that was a stump. Um, yeah. As, oh, uh, I was chasing the moon, bruv. It was so um, close. As you're going through them, like, they start to get a little more unraveled exactly like that. And so one of them at one point, hey, Quincy, me and my mates are having a discussion. And then sort of like, yeah. I'm asking. So, and then you just hear. <laughs> <laughs> so, KC and the Sunshine Band, what would you say is their biggest album of all time? Because self titled in 1975 has Get Down Tonight, one of their biggest hits, but part three in 1976, that one's got Shake Your Booty and Arm Your Boogeyman. So, we'd like to hear your thoughts on it. Oh, right, also, John's missing. Disco never dies. <laughs> Still hasn't shown up. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it continues on in this way for a good long while. Um, and so anyway, back at Scotland Yard, though. So in the time since uh, the Smiley Face Killer was able to get away, um, Franklin and Adam, you both have just been at the scene of chaos as so many people are extremely heavily injured. Like some people are you know, bleeding extremely heavily from various injuries. Others, like in the worst cases, some people are like even missing a hand or a limb or something like that. And uh, there are some people who unfortunately it is too late to do anything for as the smiley face killer very much enjoys what he does. So, so wait, yeah. was he just like cutting his way through the precinct the whole time? It, it looks like most of the casualties are on the second floor and like a good number of people were able to try and escape the scene of carnage as Preeti was able to hold off the smiley face killer, but a number of them were still, yeah, basically there was nothing that could be done for them in all the chaos. But that aside, uh, you have been just, yeah, so in all of this chaos, what would the two of you be focusing on first and foremost? <sighs> Uh, Blackmore is gonna, like, come down from the roof where he left the last time. He sort of just, stumbled, like, walks back into the office. He's yeah. got this, like, thousand-yard look on his face. Uh-huh. And he just looks completely destroyed. And eventually, I'd imagine, like, somebody comes up and tries to, like, rally him to do something. And he starts doing it, but it's very obvious that it's, like, he's not really doing it with any sort of urgency. It's like watching an automaton work. Like, okay, his so, mind is somewhere else. All right, so, uh, you just hear, Franklin, Franklin, hi, Franklin! Oh, what? And, uh, yeah, it, um, Pepper is standing in front of you of Fitz and Pepper, and he's just, like, shaking your shoulders anxiously, and, 
Oh, all right. You're you're okay. All right. Um, everything good, mate. Uh, uh, yeah, yes. Look, I... uh, we're just trying to patch everybody up. Uh, okay. Um, Fitzy's got some bandages. He's uh he's taking care of some, some folks on the first floor. But look, uh, some folks are in real bad shape. Uh, we're just trying to get some uh, ambulances organized. But it's a madhouse, and man, yeah, you should be gonna be all right. Uh, I'll be f- fine. Okay. Yeah, all right, buddy. Uh, glad to see you're okay. Uh, and so, yeah, seeing that you're obviously shell-shocked, uh, he hurries off to begin helping out some other members of the precinct. Yeah, so Blackmore, almost, like, reasonably aware of the carnage around him, but just not yeah. caring, just kind of reaches into his jacket, like, goes to his desk, reaches into one of the drawers, and pulls out just a, like, uh, a flask, uh-huh. and just proceeds to start downing it to try yeah. and quench this old familiar pain that is a mix of impotent rage and despair as he just tries to get it to go away i think at this point adam is going to come in Mm. uh his number one priority is making sure that people are okay within the precinct like he didn't Um, he's he's not a medic but he sees that blackmore is doing this and he Um, this is not he doesn't know blackmore that well but, but this is not we need as many hands on deck as possible. Yeah. So he's going to go. Um, okay. I'm, I'm going to say as a cop, you've seen like, you know, like despair at like the one that gets away. Sure. But this is a level beyond that. This is so, like absolute despair. So yeah, um, Adam, you are just patching people up as best you can. Like you have used, like you've gone through three different belts from three different people already to be used as tourniquets. And, uh, yeah, after making sure that um, one of the secretaries is okay, you look up and you see that the bottom end of the bottle that Blackmore has is pointing towards the ceiling. Yeah, okay. Adam's going to go over to Blackmore's desk and kind of put his hand on the Blackmore's arm and kind of lever it away Hmm. gently. And then Adam is going to, like, take a chair and sit down beside Blackmore and like talk to him and try and look him in the eye if Blackmore will let him. Okay. Um, he kind of you... does, but it's not like he's avoiding your gaze. Mm-hmm. It's just more like he's not looking at anything in particular. Okay. Like, so like not there essentially. Yeah. So also Blackmore, roll me a fortitude saving throw, please. Okay. Uh, does a 13 do it? Okay, yeah, with this heavy chug that you just took and your exhaustion and your emotional distress, all of the alcohol is coming at you a little too quickly all at once. So uh, anyway, let's continue. So Adam, back to you. Okay, so Adam is going to like, he's also pretty shaken at this point, been through a lot, uh, and he's still covered in giant blood, (laughs) but Mm. he's going to, you know, put his other hand on Franklin's shoulder and just look him in the eye and in, in a kind of a, the softest, most reassuring voice he can muster be like, Franklin, look, I don't know what you're going through. I'm not even sure I really understand what just happened, but we need you right now. There are people in this precinct who need you. They need us to be here for them. People are bleeding, people are hurt. They have families too. We are the people who help. And right now, we need to be helpers. Please, put the bottle down. And like, Blackmore kind of does, but you're not sure if it's because of the words or if it's just because you kind of 
snapped him out of his the the drink stupor, and you just kind of hear him like quietly whisper, like, "They failed, Lavender. I failed again. It keeps happening." We will figure this out. We will not stop. Franklin, you are not alone in this. Me, Quincy, all of us, everyone in this precinct is working here with you. You don't have to carry this weight alone. Now, come on, put the bottle back in the desk. <sighs> okay. We can rest later, but right now, we have a lot of work to do. Right. Right. I'll, okay. I'll do so. what I can. And yeah, Franklin like will put the bottle back into the desk. And he kind of, like, he's a bit hes a bit off his kilter, but it seems like he's at least trying, which is more than you could say of what he was doing a couple minutes ago. Mm. All so, right. yeah, he's, he's just going to go around. He's just going to, like, administer first aid. Mm. Uh, um, okay. Right. And then as soon as, well, like, once I'm, once Adam is fairly certain that Blackmore is back on his feet and is not going to drink himself under the desk uh, in the middle of this crisis, mm. um... Uh, Adam's gonna go try and find Creedy. Okay. Um. All right. So yeah. Uh. You find Creedy in the lobby, directing people as they go along. Like Hightower is also there, and he is directing a good motion portion of the efforts. Creedy is a pale enough man as it is, but he looks almost as white as paper with the blood that he's lost. Uh. He has like um bandages around his torso and sweat is beating on his brow, but he is just keeping himself going out of sheer force of will to direct people to where they need to go and giving out instructions to uh, basically, you know, get people into the right places. And people are hurrying around, supporting some bleeding and unconscious people as, yeah, more cars are pulling up and it looks like so many people are heading to the hospital right now. But there is also, like, so, there are also some people on the ground, like, on... Uh, jackets to serve as blankets who are just being patched up even as you guys enter the room. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm just going to walk up to them. Like, you know, Ad Adam likes to be respectful and respect yeah. rank, but this is uh -huh. a crisis. Uh, Hightower, Critty. Uh, uh, um, yeah. And Hightower just glances at you. Lavender, um, how are things? Uh, well, <laughs> Blackmore's in a bit of a, a tough spot, but I think I talked him out of it. The right. Smiley Face Killer uh, got away. Shit. Well, um... But, uh, as far as... I mean, the good news is no one else is going to get hurt tonight, at least not at the precinct. Um, uh, now, well, I, I see that you're directing some sort of effort. Uh, I'd like to remind yeah. you that I can uh, I can run at 250 miles an hour. Is there anything I can do? This, um... Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, FYI. to tell you that I'm a human F1 car. <laughs> okay, um... At this, he, um, directs you over to, uh... Yeah, basically, uh, one of the other uh, police officers. Um, yeah, a young, young man by the name of Hills. Um, yeah, Inspector Hills. Uh, he's just, like, uh, he's got a number of bandages around his stomach, but he is just, like, going... He's both pale and green in the face at the same time, and you think that something intestinally might have ruptured from an injury, and... Oof. Uh, yeah, so basically, uh, Hightower, get this man to the hospital as fast as you are able. Will do. Okay. So yeah, you uh, scoop uh, him up with your superhuman strength and uh, yeah, ensuring that you can run as fast as humanly possible or vampirically possible, you are just blurring out the door and down the street. And so as for you, Franklin, are you in the room at this time? 
Um, yeah, like I said, he's just kind of like, he's got some training in first aid, so he's mostly yeah. just going through finding the first aid kits, getting okay. them out to people, okay. um, patching things up as good as he can. All right. He doesn't have the, the speed necessarily of something. The one thing that he can do is um, he can use some of his flame abilities to sterilize things if need be. But I'm oh, but hopefully we're not at that level of desperation yet. Uh, all right. So, um, so uh, do you have the first aid skill? I do. Yes. Okay. So roll me that, please. Uh, let's see, plus four. So that's seventeen. Okay, so you get to work as well, and you begin patching people up, uh, administering to injuries and stuff, and things are still in disarray, but they are kind of calming down somewhat as, uh, yeah, almost simultaneously, Tony, uh, you arrive back at the precinct with Jack and Connor, and yeah, just like a moment after Quincy, you show up as well. So yeah, uh, this is the scene that you both return to. Uh, just the places in general disarray and people are injured, bleeding, and just, uh, yeah, it looks like, like you can hear just cries of dismay and pain and, uh, yeah, people are just hold barely holding themselves together. Okay, uh, Quincy will begin helping out okay. med medically anyway he can. Okay, uh, do you have the first aid skill? Uh, no. So, okay. so he's so instead of actually patching anybody up, he's going to be like, like dispensing things, moving stuff around, uh, lifting things up that were had been like knocked over. If there's holes in the walls or debris anywhere, he'll move it. He's just being a gopher essentially. If anyone needs anything done, Quincy will do it. Uh, and Tony, is there anything you're going to do? Um, <laughs> just fix the building. I I mean, uh, I I'm actually going to ask you, Chris. How hard would it be for Tony to, to make some sort of healing charm? Um, I would say that, do you have a blueprint for this kind of thing? I don't. That's the problem. Okay, yeah, <laughs> like, it would take Oh no, you... like, curing cancer charm. I can't make it right now. God, uh, yeah, so it would take you some time to put a blueprint together and also to practice it before you're able to make it, so you feel, it feels like, um... Having like you could make one, but by the time you're finished, you feel as though the time to use it most would be long past. Yeah. Okay. Then, uh, yeah, T Tony will be a big strong person wherever cool. a big strong person is needed. Excellent. So but you begin. Yeah. Uh, you pick up broken pieces of furniture, uh, haul them off to one side. You yeah are just help with carrying people around and just ensure that folks are. Yeah, as comfortable as possible. So as you all are working together, um, it's at this point that Adam comes back. You just zip through the doors. Uh, you were able to drop the guy off at emergency, and it was completely packed down at the hospital. But uh, yeah, you arrive back at the precinct, uh, Adam. And you see, you all see that Creedy is just... Right, so if you direct... <clears throat> bring him over here. Yes, he'll need to... Tighten it further. If you keep it that loose, he's going to bleed. And yeah, he just is struggling for a moment. And Hightower notices this. And uh, Creedy, you're going to need to get to the hospital yourself. You have lost too much blood. And so, and Creedy, I'm fine. It's no problem. And yeah, but even as Creedy says this, he tries to rise from the chair in which he's sitting, but stumbles forward a little and Hightower catches him. So get some rest. We're going to get you some first aid. And Creedy, fine. And then he sees all of you watching him, and he just says, 
before I do that, there's something that you all need to know. Come closer. And so all of you, I'm guessing that you guys pause yep. what you're doing? Yeah, we, all, I right. we would all go closer. Okay, so listening in, his voice is low as he says, Regarding what I told you earlier, I am looking into whoever may be the weak link here at Scotland Yard, whoever is telling the McCarthys. I haven't narrowed it down just yet, but I have some suspicions that whoever they are, they must be powerful enough to be able to influence all of you not somebody who's low down on the list. I don't know if what the McCarthys are doing may be connected with what's going on here, but if the McCarthys attacked Mythtown, any, anything could be possible right now. Look, we don't know what's, what else is going on here at Scotland Yard. I don't know when I'll be back, but you'll need to be careful, all right? Uh, Blackmore I'll... just kind of nods and then, like, goes back to what he was doing. Quincy, Quincy puts his hand on uh, his shoulder and Creedy's shoulder and says, Uh, thanks, but uh, you should get going. And Creedy nods. suppose so. And, uh, yeah, with that, um, soon enough, another car comes around. Like, all of the ambulances are so busy that the police are using their police vehicles to transport people to the hospital. And even after that, um, they are like they are even using their own like civilian vehicles. Like they are just it is all hands on deck right now. So uh, Hightower helps Creedy out to one of the cars before coming back in. And so um, at this point, like it is quieted down enough that nobody else seems to be in major danger. But, um, yeah, folks are still, like, panicked and still working and stuff like that. And Hightower looks at all of you. All right. If all of you are finished with all this, we need to talk. Now. Okay. So with I that... Assume we'll, I assume we'll follow him. And you guys head to the usual meeting room. So, um, you are... Yeah, as you get up there, Thalestra is already up there waiting for you. And she just solemnly nods at all of you as you come in. Yep. Did Lestra get kind of fucked up in that last fight? Uh, she did. Um, sh you can see that her hands are stained with sort of this black ichor-like substance. But yeah, despite her relatively tired-looking expression, uh, she just seems to be holding herself together visibly well as all of you come in. And high t as you all come in, with Jack and Connor included, you all close the doors behind you, and then uh, Hightower... Looks at all of you as you all take a seat, and so... All right, well, I think I can speak for everybody here when I say, what the fuck? Yeah, quite. So, uh, what has happened to all of you tonight, from the beginning? Uh, Quinty will explain the, uh... The, show, the, sh the showdown with the cloud and everything, um, and the giant, um... And then the split off going to Midtown, the hmm. McCarthy's, the and then the, the fallen uh, arbiter, and hmm. then the return. He's gonna okay. leave out all the stuff about John, though. Okay. Um. All right. Uh. So he tells the story, and Tony, you notice that he's deliberately omitting those facts, but um. Yeah. Hightower just listens, nodding slowly as you do so, and then. All right. And, uh, and he looks over at, um, you, Adam, and you, Quinn, uh, sorry, and you, Franklin, and, and what about the two of you? 
I mean, Franklin still isn't here, in a manner of speaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, after uh, we dealt with the giant, Franklin and I came back here as soon as we could, and, well, we dealt with some things down on the, the bottom floor, and then uh, came up to the, the meeting room where we found you, and then that, that was about it. You know um, the rest. Hightower was not up there. It was just oh, sorry. Hardy who was up there. Yes. It's okay. Uh, Hightower was on the city streets directing uh, members of Scotland Yard to basically tackle the myths on foot. Okay, yeah. Okay, um, so yeah, Adam will relay what happened in the precinct and on the, the roof of the precinct. So, members of the McCarthy family were waging open war against the members of Myth Town. And from the sounds of things, Exatrius, the, one of the leaders of the council, has been incapacitated. And at the same time, the smiley face killer, with a number of myths seemingly under his control, also attacked Scotland Yard. And a number of good people here have been killed, and many more are injured and, well, out of commission at the moment. Christ. And with that, he just... Uh, yeah, just walks over and then just without warning punches the wall as hard as he can. <sighs> God, this is all just such a complete clusterfuck. I don't even know where to begin. Well, uh... we do have some leads on the McCarthy family that, well, if this blackout hadn't happened, we would have been following up by now. Uh, so we're not completely in the dark. So what are you thinking? Well, uh, we know... Do you remember that uh, mercenary that we brought in, uh, interrogated, uh, I can't remember her name, the sniper, she gave us some information about uh, a warehouse on the docks that the McCarthy family was possibly using as uh, either a staging area or uh, a storage area or maybe for manufacturing some of their myth juice, for lack of a better term. Uh, yes, something yes, yes. so uh, that was next on my list i still All think right. it would be a, a useful place to start and do you know anything else about this location anything about the number of people there or their defenses or who's overseeing the operation well after tonight uh no i all right I, I wouldn't be surprised if everything about their organization is scrambled as they try to cover up their tracks all right well um so yeah, he has a pen out and he's writing this information down on the board. Uh, well, we do have many more members of uh, the gang in custody. Um, there are the individuals who were taken in when you rescued Sophie, Sophie Copper, the vampire. They still need to be interrogated. As well as the people who were arrested along with the mercenary back in the attack on the myth compound outside of London city limits. They still need to be talked to, so if we were to interrogate them, we might be able to find out any information that we can use against them at the moment. And uh, what else? So that's the McCarthys. We have an idea that, God, this is, we don't, we still don't know why they're doing this or what their motives are for any of this. Well, we could also ask those that you're picking up, that they're picking up right now from Methdown, the ones that and Silas he, caught. And he snaps his finger and points at you, Quincy. Yes, exactly. We can talk to them and try to figure some things out as well. Uh, aside from that, um, uh, and what about the myth attack here? Does anybody ha else have any sorts of ideas about 
where to go in how to track down and capture the smiley face killer once and for all. Did we get a tracker on him at all? Not really. Franklin just lets out like a very soft no. He would need to go someplace dark though. Someplace where he could be hidden. But it's London. There are hundreds of places like that. Well, and at this um, high tower continues, we do have some other members of uh, the inner circle of the Smiling Face Killer. You could talk more to either uh, the Gasha Dokoro or talk to the vampire that you captured as well. Either one of them might be another source of information, but at the moment, yeah. I think... Uh, and yeah, he's just looking at the board, visibly just frustrated with everything, and uh, he just sighs and... I think in some matters we'll just have to get creative. Go back over things we may have missed, just dig in and do what we can, because I feel like if things continue as they are, and if we can't do anything, it is going to get a lot worse before it gets better, and that's saying something. Hmm. Uh, Silas also seemed to have some sort of information. He was formerly a compatriot of the Smiley Face Killer, was he not? Yeah, and at that um, high tower nod slowly, you could always talk to him. I mean, I don't know much about Silas, but if Creedy trusted him enough to work with him, then he may very well be one of the best leads we have right now. Mm -hmm. But, as for right now, just be careful here at Scotland Yard. Remember what Creedy said, we don't know who else we can trust here. I feel as though this might be one of our darkest hours yet. And at that, there is a like an audible silence in the room as all of you take in and digest everything that's been happening tonight. And what may very well happen in the future. Well, you should probably get out there, then. Yes. I'm going to be doing some more work around here. If all of you wish to, you can stay, do some more work, but if you wish to go home and get some sleep, I wouldn't blame you. Fair enough. And at that, uh, Jack just slowly gets to his feet. I'm gonna head back to Mythtown. I'll think they might need my help, and at the moment, with all the... Uh, shit that the McCarthy's have put them through, then they might be, you know, needing a little bit more help. And at that, Connor just kind of nods, and I'll go back as well, see if I can do the same. Well, I and, mean, the two of them are kind of tied at the hip, right? Like, mm, Jack, because, is his, Jack is his keeper, so he, they have to go together. Exactly, yeah. And the Lester speaks up. I will stay here and investigate where the myths came from and see if I can get an idea of where they may have gone, those that tried to flee after the, the battle. Not all of them were captured or incapacitated, so there are many holes in which they may still scurry yet. Maybe see if you can track down the smiley face killer? I, I doubt he would still be here. Well, if anyone's gonna look in the, be able to look in the dark, it's Palestra. And at that, Palestra... Yeah, pauses again, and I cannot say if any kind of trail was left behind, but I will do what I can. And with that, she uh, steps past all of you and goes out the door without a sound. And Hightower looks at all of you, and what about the rest of you? I'll stay here for as long as I can, but, well... I should probably be getting home sooner rather than later to check on Sophie, make sure no one has targeted her. I did give her a way to contact me in case any trouble happened at the home, but better safe than sorry. Starting tomorrow, I think I'm gonna 
focus entirely on the McCarthy angle. And, uh, yeah, um, Hightower nods at that. Makes sense. Um, I'll probably check over at home, um, but I'll be back to go over some files. I mean, Blackmore uh, is still just sitting there. He hasn't said anything beyond the few things he's kind of said. Uh, what's Tony doing? Um, uh, well, I mean, if there's nothing else, Tony's going to... to like head back to Miptown to help clean up everything there. And at that high tower nods. Alright. It seems as though we all have things to do. Mm-hmm. Godspeed. And so with that he yeah, just uh yeah, heads out the door as well, um, straightening his tie as best he can, but it is it seems to be askew no matter what he does. Uh and now, as for the rest of you, so Quincy, you're going to head back home? Yep. Okay. So, yeah, the uh, trek back home uh, is done in silence, as you can hear just uh, cries of dismay and distress off in the distance, seemingly throughout all of London, sirens off in the distance, and soon enough you find yourself at home, and the night is quiet as you go in through your front door. Uh, roll me a perception check, please. Uh, uh, 13. Okay. Um, yeah, the house is pretty quiet, all things considered. Uh, you look around, you see that the sandwiches you made are still untouched. Mm-hmm. Going upstairs, you check in on Connor, and he is still fast asleep. Or, sorry, not, uh, you check in on John, and he is still fast asleep. Okay. Um, cool. Okay. Um, uh, Quincy's going to, uh, go to his kitchen and make himself up a bunch of food um and then box it up and essentially make himself a bunch of lunches because he knows he's not going anywhere all right Uh, he's gonna be at work for a while um he's gonna then phone the babysitter and see how she's doing okay um yeah you uh call her up uh she sounds uh distressed on the other end of the line but um yeah quincy um hey what uh do you need anything Uh, i'm going to be working late next little bit so right okay okay um i mean yeah uh so long as you can get me my usual rate i mean i'll do what i can (sighs) like it's are you all are you all right yeah just uh yeah um my home i heard something outside something got into the garage um by the time all the lights came back on we took a look and the car looked like it had been savaged by something but uh, nothing was uh left behind yeah, my family's okay, but just... Christ. Um, well, uh, if you'd like, I can have someone go come take a look. Um, if you could, I'd, I'd appreciate that, Quincy. Really, I would. Uh, will do. And, uh, I'm going to add that to the, to, to the log of things that need to be done. Okay. And as you work through the night on various lunches, uh, who is staying back at the precinct? Just to uh, double-check. I mean, Blackmore never got up. <laughs> yeah. You're going to just be still in the room? Yeah. So at one point, um, Hightower comes back up, and he just sees you, and yeah, he like he squats down in front of you, and he's always been like firm when reprimanding you or giving you discipline, but for, like, if you actually look at him, or if anyone look, were to look at him, he looks like 
genuinely like visibly concerned for one of the first times in a long time and he's just kind of like sadly looking at you and he just takes in a deep breath and franklin i know tonight hasn't been easy for all of us but i can't imagine what you're going through look if you want to stay here that's fine if you want to go home that's fine too just do whatever you can okay sure jim sure and so with that he just uh reaches up and just rests his hand on your shoulder and gives you a comforting squeeze but he just stays like that for about a minute just not really meeting your eye eyes but just sitting there in front of you just another comrade just taking everything in then he just pats you on the shoulder a bit and uh yeah heads back out the door so what are you going to do well franklin is going to sit there for a bit that is an old this pain that he's feeling is familiar and certainly not pleasant to a certain extent he doesn't want to go home too many memories too many bad memories and so he just sort of like eventually gets up from the chair like stumbles over to one of the the cots that they have for night shift or anything like that just sort of sits down and falls asleep okay and you just close your eyes and despite the fact that you are so very tired it feels like an eternity to be able to go to sleep and then we are going to go over to adam so you are walking home when you see uh you're in the street leading to your house and you see actually um harpies lying in the middle of the road and like along the sidewalk and as you look around in confusion you realize that maybe there are a dozen of these things like just lying unconscious in various states all around you and looking at them like you can see that people are frantically like looking through the windows calling scotland yard and stuff um but it looks like some of them are have visibly like broken legs or torn wings or things and others have just like are have visibly bloody injuries but as you look over these, Adam, you realize that one of them has a pair of puncture wounds on uh, their neck. Hmm. Figures. Well, now the only thing left to do is decide to be, decide whether to be worried or very worried. And then with okay. that, he runs to the house. Okay, so you run to the house at top speed, and you see um, a pair of bloody footprints leading up to the front door, and the doorknob is also covered in blood as well. Hmm. Uh, okay. Adam is going to knock and announce himself. Um, hello, it's me. And then you quickly hear... he'll, he'll push the door open and then take a step back. You hear no response from inside. You open the door, take a step back. The lights are on. Uh, the footprints are continuing on into uh, the house. And if you listen faintly, you can hear the sound of running water coming from the bathroom. Well, that's encouraging. Uh, yep. Adam will close the door and then walk to the bathroom and then knock on the bathroom door. Uh, um, hello, okay. Sophie? Uh, the bathroom door is open, uh, and, but, and you can see that the shower curtains are drawn, a faint silhouette is inside, the water is going, and there is a heap of bloody clothing uh, on the floor of the bathroom. And so, uh, I'll be out in just a minute. Close the door. Take your time. All right. So you get the door for Sophie, and then you head back into the living room, and, uh, yeah, are you going to do anything? Probably I'm going to make both of us something to eat. Okay, so, uh, yeah, anything specific in your fridge? 
Oh boy, um, probably not. I don't think I've done a lot of shopping in the past few days, but you know okay. what? There's probably uh, a pack of bacon, maybe some eggs. The, Have some uh, uh, breakfast sure. at midnight, why not? Okay, so you make breakfast at midnight, so you get the stove going, the smell of crackling bacon fills the kitchen as well, and uh, yeah, once the bacon's ready, you use the grease in the pan and use that as oil for the eggs, and so soon enough, You've got breakfast for dinner uh, ready just as Sophie comes out in what appears to be like a set of pajamas that are way too big for her. Uh, and she just sees you. She looks pretty tired as well. but And so, all right. And so, yeah, she just takes a seat and uh, the both of you start eating silently at first. But then she, you know, so how is your night? Oh, well, you know, uh, about as eventful as yours, I would say. What'd you Shit's really hit the fan uh, all over in Mythtown at the precinct. Is that right? It's bad. I mean, if you couldn't tell already. Uh, the McCarthy family attacked Mythtown en masse. Uh, I wasn't there. I didn't see it myself. But from what I've heard, it's it's bad. It's real bad. I'm glad you're okay, by the way. I mean, it'll take more than a flock of harpies to slow me down, so... No, I figured you could handle yourself, but but still. Shit was going on outside. Figured, you know, made no sense for me to be uh, kicking back in here while, uh, you know, off screaming was going on, so... Well, that's uh, that's very bold of you. To be honest, I was a little worried that the McCarthy's would specifically target you as a, a, a loose end of sorts, but it looks like their priorities lie elsewhere, which is good. Good for me uh, and for you, I suppose. Right. Maybe not so good for anybody else. No, but um, yes. Well, actually, one thing, one of my superiors pointed out that we haven't finished interrogating all of the McCarthy family members that we brought in uh, when we, uh, well, brought you in. And uh, to be honest, I'd kind of forgotten about it that so much has happened since then. But watching you very carefully, um... Uh, yeah, you're not, like, her expression is completely inscrutable. I'm not going to say that I could get you into an interview room with them, but I could wear a wire so you could sit in on an interview. Uh, I'm not sure if I could get that approved, but at this point, I'm not really sure I care about that. And honestly, we need to get as much information out of these goons as possible. Um, yeah, she is just, like, sitting very stiffly in her chair, um, and then, yeah, like, you're good enough at body language to tell, uh, she looks like you just told her that Christmas could come for a second time this year. Okay, Adam's gonna play dumb. Uh, anyways, okay. uh, I've had a very long day, and now uh -huh. uh, a very long night, um, so why don't you think about it? Have another muffin. I'm gonna go to bed. We'll talk about this, uh, in the morning. Often couldn't hurt. And so, yeah, she's just, um, so if we're going to do it like this, like I've said, you know, you couldn't promise anything, but, uh, talking a good cop, bloodthirsty cop for this kind of thing, or, you know, can I go, you know, Dirty Harry style on him or anything like that? Well, like I said, I I'm not sure that I could officially get you inside an interview room, but, you know, stranger things have happened in desperate times call for desperate measures so very oh. very desperate measures indeed yeah that's that's I'll, thought hmm, that's i'll see it. what i can do right right i mean uh, yeah no no promises no promises like she um but as she's saying this she's picked up another muffin and 
you don't know if she's meaning to do this, but she's just slowly tearing it into chunks, and soon enough, like, it is just a ball of mush in both of her hands as she's squeezing very tightly together. So this whole time, Adam is not, he has not sat down because he is mm. still covered in giant blood. So he right. is going to go shower, and then okay. he's going to go to bed. All right. Um, yeah, you do that as you head to the bathroom. You can hear her humming to herself in the kitchen as you do so. Um, and then we're going to go to the last member of the Mythos unit, Tony. So you're going to head back to Mythtown, you said. Yeah, it's been a, been a long day. A lot of walking for Tony. Okay, so, uh, Tony, the night is relatively, um, yeah, like you are hearing uh, just shouting from down the street here and there. And at one point, um, as you're heading back to Mythtown, you hear some shout, Oh god! Um! And turning around, uh, you can see, like, nearby this, like, you're going through the streets, and there are, um, those small creatures, the night spawn, like, there are dead bodies of those littering the streets, and there is a nearby bar as, um, somebody is point, is, like, in a nearby bar using it for shelter and is pointing directly at you, Tony. Um, well, the thing that Tony has learned today Mm -hmm. is that humans are very weak and have no way of hurting him. Mm -hmm. He ignores them and continues going to bed. And so, yeah, so, oh god, oh god, god! and then as he shouts this, you just hear, it is alright, there's no need to panic, he is a member of Scotland Yard. And at, you turn to see, um, so, looking down the street, you realize that these Nightspawn are dead, not just from, like, slash wounds, but... They seem to be like burn wounds as well. Like a number of them have been turned into charcoal here and there. And you see that squatting on a bar stool in front of this bar is Makin Aldana, the Efreet. He has on just a simple uh, t-shirt that is stained with black ichor and red blood. Uh, with a bar cloth, he is cleaning off his sword, which is resting on his knee. His man bun is undone, hanging in loose, tangling strands around his face, and he has a cigarette in one mouth and is just slowly puffing on it as he does so. Ah, Tony recognizes this as the man man who who blew all his all of his uh, blueprints all over the place. Yes, exactly. He messed up your paperwork, something fierce. So he looks up and he catches your eye and he gives you a nod. I do not believe that uh, we have had the luck to meet each other once. Um, uh, Makin Aldana. Everyone calls me Mac. Uh, Antonios Megalos. Uh, people call me Tony. He nods at that. Things are difficult these days, I'd say. Uh, uh, more difficult than you know. Uh, I assume you haven't heard the news out of Mythtown. And at this, he frown- uh, just watches you a bit and frowns in concern. Uh, what does the world? Hmm. Uh, sorry, what was the name of the Avatar of Balance again? Uh, Exatrius. Exatrius was injured by something. Oh, it's very ill indeed. For somebody to be able to injure an Avatar, it would have to be incredibly powerful. Yes, and uh, worse is that we know that the one behind the blackouts was not uh, was definitely somewhere else during the the fight. He murmurs a low curse in a language that you can't identify. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and he'll he'll say, uh, "Keep your sword sword sharp, my friend." I always you may, you may need it sooner than than uh, any of us know. 
Thank you. Keep your eye open. There's no telling what may come at us in the days to come. And with that, he will return to uh, just slowly uh, cleaning his uh, blade with painstaking care as you continue heading down the street. And then, uh, yeah, once you get back to Mythtown, um, inside it is a flurry of activity. Like, many of these people are naturally nocturnal, but everybody is just talking to each other in low, hushed whispers. Like, a lot of folks are concerned. Uh, you see that there are um, a group of Taniki, for example, uh, Japanese shape-shifting raccoons that are talking to the dwarves uh, outside the bar. And uh, making your way through, you can see that um, Hespero is still directing member of the town guard to um, just, you know, help out any members that are still injured and stuff like that. And, and you can see that pixies are fluttering between them, spreading pixie dust uh, on injuries, and you can watch as they're visibly, like, slowly healing up before your very eyes. And Hespero uh, catches your sight, uh, Tony, and gives you a nod. Uh, mm, gods and Megalos, how's everything doing? Uh, things are rather grim. The uh, there are, While the worst of the attack at Scotland Yard was repelled, there were many who did not survive. That is unfortunate to hear. No doubt there will be a great deal of confusion in the days to come, but regardless of whether people blame, well, whoever it was that attacked us, those humans, or the mists that were rampaging around London, I have a feeling that we are going to be seeing some very dark days indeed. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you've been up for long enough. Uh, get some sleep. You'll be needed in the morning. No, I, I, I can help now. You're a good I... man, Megalos. All right, if you want to help, we won't begrudge you that. Um, at that, he uh, looks around and, well, there are weapons and shields that were shattered in the last fight. Uh, armor that needs repairing. I have a feeling that that's where you'll be best put to use. Mm -hmm. Yep, uh, and yeah, uh, Tony will get to work, and he'll also, um, like, find the, the dwarves and, uh, show them his, his bulletproof charm that he ba he made, like, the blueprints for it. Okay, so you head over to the dwarves, and, um, yeah, they are, you actually see that the dwarves from the town council are there as well. Uh, or Seeger and Lung Thunder, the Elder is there, as well as Then Forgeheart, and Then being the speaker for the Elder, and Then catches your eye and, ah, right, uh, God of the Megalos, uh, what's this that you got here? Well, as I am working with the, uh, with the humans in Scotland Yard, I, uh, had a chance to study their weaponry. I uh, see, alright. And I have, uh, crafted this, this charm specifically to negate their guns, and um, when you say this, like, several of the other dwarves uh, come over and crowd around you as you uh, hold it out in front. And, um, yeah, are you going to let uh, Then take a look at it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so because, you... like, Tony isn't happy about this attack. And one, and if they want to, and if the, uh, if the McCarthy's want to try this again, they're going to be in for a rude awakening when everyone is bulletproof. <laughs> right. Um, at this, uh, Then takes it carefully in both hands, like... Um, an expression of just the most uh, the most cold rage you have ever seen on a dwarf's face passing over it, as for once, we find ourselves able to match the weapons of the humans as they have progressed through the ages. Soon their weapons of metal and fire will fall upon our armor, and they shall fall asunder like hailstones on a stone roof. Soon, 
We shall bring war back to them, and they shall know the true fury of the whole Dwarven clans. And so he looks up at you. We may have had our differences in the past, Cyclops, but for your actions today, the Dwarves shall owe you a great favor for this. Together, we will ensure that those who have wronged us will remember this grudge of ours for ages to come. <laughs> Just make sure that there is enough for every for every member of the guard. And at this, uh, he just... <laughs> Aye. First, we shall count the number of charms we'll be needing for our men. And then, we shall count the number of graves that they will need for theirs. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we... uh, Tony will just nod, because, you know... Yeah, dwarf vengeance, that tracks. <laughs> yeah, uh -huh. well, like, so, like, Tony, like, Cyclopses and, and dwarves have very different, like, histories with forging, where, and, like, to Tony considers his, his stuff, like, a lot more of a, like, a single work of art style of, like, craftsmanship, while the dwarves are much more utilitarian, they, dwarves are industrious, uh, yeah. Cyclopses are artists, but he, he understands that sometimes there's a need for, for, uh, for mass production, and, and this is one, one such time. The overquality, like this is the general idea that you've gotten, but there are examples of some Cyclopses who've been able to make mass production of some weapons and some dwarves who have specialized. But for the most part, this is what you've come to understand. And yeah, yeah, right, it's, a, yeah. it's just a difference in, in like cultural tradition. Like, totally, it, yeah, every Cyclops weapon is, is like is a painstaking process, which is why Tony, like, the reason Tony created his hammer in the way he did was because he was trying to like bridge that gap of, hey, what if I could get all of the quality of one of my weapons, but just do it faster. Right. And you feel good handing this over as all of the dwarves immediately begin exa examining it, and several get out pieces of paper and begin making sketches and things like that. And as you walk off, you know you made a good choice because of almost any race out there, there is no one who can hate quite like a dwarf. Yeah. Yeah. And look, the uh, from, from Tony's perspective, like... If whatever they have, it, like, was able to, 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 to basically take out the protector of Mythtown. So uh -huh. yeah. maybe everyone becomes a protector of Mythtown now. That's really awesome. Yeah. I really, really like that. Okay. Yeah. So and then he'll go uh, help out with whatever he can. Okay. Uh, basically set his forge up. As, or actually, he has his own home forge. He'll just start gathering damaged equipment and, like, bringing okay. it back to his actual forge. Okay. He doesn't have to use his, his like, uh, his portable setup. He, he can use his, like, real tools and stuff. So as you do so, um, you get to work, and every so often, um, a couple of guardsmen with, will come by with wheelbarrows and stuff like that, and a few and a few times a couple of dwarves come over and just double-check with you a question about the charm and stuff, and then, surprisingly enough, they'll also ask you, like, by the way, do you need... Anything like, uh, how are your tongues doing? Are they wearing down, or uh, will you need any replacements? Uh, yeah, he'll, uh, like, he, if he needs it, he will. Like, the, yeah. uh, he, like, Tony isn't so, isn't pr too proud to, to, you know, take help when offered. You okay. know, it's, it's kind of the spirit of the community at this point. Right. So, for the first time in a long, long time since you can remember, you work together with a couple of dwarves who come by, like, every so often some of them will bring by a box of nails or, you know, some 
one or two items that you might be running low on. One of them will tend uh, the forge with a set of bellows just to, you know, keep the coals hot and just keep everything going. Um, but overall, uh, you work long and hard into the night. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. You can find us on Tumblr at listentothesenerds.tumblr.com or on Twitter at LTTNCast. All our music is sourced from Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can email us at listentothesenerds at gmail.com.